Hey, hey, I'm so sorry I'm late. Uh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> going well. Uh, going well. It's been a turbulent week, to be honest, but um, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad we're recording a pod, you know? Like, I'm glad we're doing this, too. Like, back-to-back weeks, this is fantastic. How's, you, how's your week? How's yeah. how you doing? So, I actually wanted to do the intro this time. Uh, oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Welcome back to another Entropy Podcast, um, where we talk about everything and anything. Uh, today we have me, Brandon, and our other co-host, Michael. <laughs> yes. Um, so in the, I guess you would say, so one, how am I doing? I'm doing great. But in the Entropy way, we tried to introduce some more chaos to uh, the podcast this week, and we tried to get a guest. So let's actually talk about how that went like trying to set that up to sure, start today sure. well I, I don't think i want to like spend too much time yeah talking about who our guest is because mm-hmm. we'll leave that for when we you know uh, for like formally introduce him um but it does you know i love the idea of opening it up and having like these sort of three-way conversations and we'll see where they go but like just yeah like introducing something else to our conversations, some new perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we'll still have like these conversations where it's just you and I, but, um, you know, the, yeah, like we, I think we talked about, I think we talked about like bringing somebody else on a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, oh, it's so hard. I'm sure, those like, those <laughs> time I'm zones, those time zones, be, yes. But yeah, or like the story, like, trying to give nothing away here mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah yeah um you know like so i was i started off saying like it's been kind of a turbulent week for me mm-hmm. um i think i have gotten or it's or it feels that way that i've gotten a lot of rejection this week okay you know like it's been a lot of no's it's been a lot of no's um and I can't say that I have not been able to put my finger on, you know, what it is that is it something that I am doing, you know what I mean? Because uh, the no's are all different, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, for example, um, you know, we, we were supposed to record uh, with another person for this, for this episode, um, and that ended up not working out. Um, I had, um, after this podcast, I'm supposed to meet with... Uh, uh, to people who may be my future roommates. Okay. Um, and that was sort of confirmed earlier in the week, but I have not heard since. And I have a reservation for 7 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. We're going to get food, and then we're going to go, you know, uh, come back and, like, talk and hang out and stuff like that. Um, and that's been silent. Um, there's the, the romantic side of things. There's been, you know, a few no's there. Those were very painful. Um, and then I'm supposed to run a cooking class tomorrow for four people, all of whom have been silent. So, yeah, okay. it's been a lot. Yes. Yeah. Now, so let's flesh out that topic more, the idea of, like, rejections or no's in certain areas of your life. When... When does the no's, the rejections turn into like motivation, like something that keeps you going? And when does it 
destroy you like why are these no's so hard for you right now because they they all came at once or it's uh I, centered around things that you like really want yeses for like yeah i think that it depends on what the no is right okay. it very much depends on what the no is um like our guests not being able to make um this podcast mm-hmm. not a painful no yes right like i mean unfortunate and it kind of um falls into this theme of the week um so it is sort of the quantity of no's that, mm-hmm. that's really painful here but the type of no matters a lot right and i think the no that hurts the most is the one that you have the most expectations for mm-hmm. so if it's a romantic expectation especially that no hurts that no hurts a lot Right. And I think when we kind of go through like a, a dating phase, uh, particularly, right, like we're say you're like, you know, you're younger and you're not used to rejection. Um, and your first rejection, you're fucking heartbroken, absolutely destroyed. Right. Your second one, a little less so. If you're out, you know, um, trying to pick up women or something along those lines, right? You, you might hear a lot of rejection, maybe. Um, each consecutive one feels less painful. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's this notion of like numbing to rejection. Yes. And I think where that numbing comes from is with consistently lowering your expectations. Like you're no longer expecting a yes. There's no disappointment. So. Yeah, because there's there's this idea when it comes to sales and I'm like, I'm speaking from the sales side experience with nose, like as a personal trainer, you are expecting rejection when you offer a training package. And there's always this idea of like, never take no for an answer. There's you just like, if someone says no, you did not give them a solution to their problem. And that's why this no was presented to you. Um, And so the question that I'm trying to get at is like, how how do you how do you stay mentally tough when you receive these no's do you take it as a challenge like hey maybe i need to change something or are you just like oh the universe is really beating me up right now is it the fate is it fate taking over gotcha yeah so i think you know the most practical answer was the one i sort of suggested earlier it is just lower your expectations and Mm -hmm. and that is that is the always the best lesson to learn from rejection I think every single time you are pain or you are pained by rejection, it is because of expectations. And so it's just like, how do I, how, how do I avoid pain? Mm-hmm. Avoid expectations. That being said, like your, your, your real question is like, well, motivation and then external versus internal. Um, I think that, look, <laughs> the notion of fate is something that I feel like I really fucking wrestle with on mm-hmm. a weekly, if not a daily basis. Truly, 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 truly. And I know deep in my heart that if I, if I tell myself and convince myself of the narrative that the universe wants me to be unhappy, yes, it will come true. It will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so no matter how much that often resonates, right? Because you see these patterns and you're like, what the fuck? I'm doing all the right things, right? 
I'm keeping my heart open. Like I am being resilient. I am <laughs> mm-hmm. smiling. I am being active. I am doing the work on myself and yet, and yet it's not there. Right. If, and if I go and say, well, it's the universe, um, then, you know, I just, I will say it, <laughs> Brandon, I will say it, but I can't believe it. I can't actually believe it. Cause if I ever truly convince myself of that, then that's the world I will live in, you know? Yes. Um, and so we, I'm pretty sure we talked about this may connect, this may not connect, but I'm pretty sure we brought this up in a previous con- uh podcast or a talk um where it's like are so when you you're in a situation where you're like hey maybe it's fate that's taking over my life maybe it's just about how i perceive the trials i'm going through um if you are a more spiritual person or a religious person do you think that you would handle these no's in a different way because you would always say oh this is just my higher being um putting me through a trial this -hmm. is something i have to go through because of x y and z um do you feel like if you were more spiritual or religious like would your view change on some of these issues yeah i think that i think one thing that that's sort of worth um separating is your outlook of what the universe is its intention yes 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 so my belief is that the universe is truly chaotic. That's, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the universe being chaotic is not the same thing as the universe having good intentions for you or having bad intentions for you, right? So if I were to believe that the universe is bad intentions for me, that is the self-fulfilling prophecy I were kind of mentioned earlier. Yes. But you can believe that the universe is a plan for you, right? that the universe is a good plan for you, something positive. If you can maintain that belief, that could be a very empowering belief, right? Mm-hmm. And, I think, and I think that that belief does work for a lot of people, regardless of sex. Um, but this is something that I've really thought about quite a bit, like as of late, which is um, what does it take? If you were to believe that the universe has a good plan for you, what does that take? And the answer is surrender. And to surrender, it makes sense if you're coming from a feminine kind of perspective. It, it, it really goes against my self-identity. Like, it, 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 it does not feel like me. It feels, I don't want to surrender to something else. I want want to pave the road towards my life. Yes. Um, Like that to me feels empowering, not the surrendering. And so for me, I'm like, I'm just going to be more and more and more and more resilient Mm -hmm. rather than putting trust into something. Yeah. So one of the, concepts that i'm always thinking about in life like random walk random thoughts when i'm walking random shower thoughts is like am i actually mentally tough like if uh so to speak if shit hit the fan how would i react 
if mm-hmm. I had if I got a ton of rejections in one week, if I for some reason had an issue with my health, would I be able to overcome that issue? Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that's strengthened or built up during the actual event, or is that something that needs to be built up prior? Um, I I think I think this I think this is where a lot of people who are who believe in like the big G, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, are that everything that happens to you happens to you for a reason. Right? Yes. I think where that kind of comes from often, um, and I'm not trying to discount any person's perspective on life. I'm, I'm like trying to kind of walk that line here. Yes, yes. Um, every ex- everything that doesn't kill you does in fact make you stronger, right? Whether if you survive it. <laughs> <laughs> if you survive it, right? If you do not fall down some rabbit hole of depression or, um, you know what I mean, or poor me, et cetera, right? Anything, everything bad is, in fact, can be seen as a trial, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there are two ways to go through life, maybe a combination of the two. One is to allow those, wait for those trials and then overcome them, mm-hmm. see, the, see, see, see them as trials. The other is to create your own, right? I think that this is where, like, fitness is much more than fitness. Fitness is the thing that makes me mentally tough, right? Like, I need to go on stupid-ass hikes and test myself. I need mm-hmm. to test myself because when I can test myself – it creates that resilience. It won't yes. be the same okay. situation, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll overcome it. So the romantic, you know, rejection that I felt this week, I, what is there to learn from that? Not n- Nothing. Honestly, nothing. I didn't really fuck up. Just, we didn't align. Great. But I had a lot of pent-up energy. So there were, so the question was like, how do I release that? And for me, it was just go fucking work out, work it off. So I don't know. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah. Okay. That was, that was a good little tangent. So the reason why, like the gears in my mind are spinning because of the guests we plan to have on. um, Mm -hmm. And it just opened up some thoughts of like, Damn, yeah. what does it really take to survive? He um, went through some shit. He yes, yes. Shit. Yeah. And and I think that this is this is something that so I have something that um I have a coach that I've been working with for about three months now. Um and I met up with her yesterday. And I do feel personally stuck in my life. And so I kind of shared some of the, you know, the romantic thing, but just generally caught up and stuff like that. And I might be taking a very um, scary leap um, before the end of the year. Um, And uh, I guess I'll share. I don't know. Nobody really listens to the podcast. (laughs) There's no like fear of like, oh, my employer's going to find out. But um, um, I might... You know, I've taken my journey with ayahuasca. I might take my journey with ibogaine, which is which is something you can die from. Okay. Um, Nineteen people or so were recorded 
as being, you know what I mean? As, and it was like heart arrest and things like that. It is considered to be the most powerful psychedelic that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it and is primarily, primarily used for like opiate addictions and things like that. So it has uh, an insane success rate in that regard. It is something that you kind of, you step into it and then you come back from it generally different, you know? And I'll, I'll, we can talk more about that. But one of the, 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 the connecting thought here is that I was listening to some firsthand accounts, right? Some of the questions that kind of were pressed to this person uh, as he was in the experience or preparing for the experience. I don't quite remember, but they were questions like, would I still love myself if? Would I still love myself if I lost an arm? Mm-hmm. If, if I went crazy? Would I still love myself if I was, you know, burned like ugly? Would I still love myself if, right? Some of those are very hard fucking things to say yes to. Yes. You know, would I still love myself if I was no longer a professional athlete? Would I still love myself if I was a failure? You know? So, yeah, I think that that is, uh, we'll probably, you know, we'll build up to it. Uh, for, with with our guests and things like that, but like it it takes a lot, and it takes it takes character. It, it I think it does take character, and it takes I think a lot of, in my opinion, again not knowing, um, well, whatever surprise next guest should should be Dre, but uh, not knowing his full story, uh, I imagine there was a sequence of little things that built him to be able to bounce back from a big thing Mm -hmm. well so there's two two directions we can take the uh next uh tangent so the first is um interesting uh to hear you talk about uh, what what's the name of it again so there's two 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 names that it kind of goes by iboga so yeah it's a it's an african psychedelic um Mm -hmm. um it, or Ibogaine, which I guess is like the full chemistry-based name. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, there's two things we could talk about. So the one thing I'm interested in is when you, because you're not, let's see the right word for it. You're not, uh, when it comes to drug use or when it comes to pharma pharmacological aid you're not you don't shy away from it you're not someone who's just like oh i don't take drugs i don't do that yada yada um i don't like pills i yes. still to this day do not like pills mm-hmm. um like i refused um pretty I mean not that i didn't give them a try i did try them but even after i tried them i still have pretty negative feelings about um like things like antidepressants mm-hmm so I am I'm not a fan. I think sure for some people they want that uh, life vest. Great. I I, I want to be healed. I don't want I don't want to yeah. like be constantly like going through life with like training wheels or some shit. Like yeah. So, so that's that's what I'm trying to get at. So mm-hmm. with these certain uh, I guess you can call them mm, like materials or drugs, you're looking for 
some type of rewiring the head? Like, what yeah. is your ultimate goal? Yes, okay. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, yes. So, um, I've, I'm not an expert. I'm not even mm-hmm. sure. We should honestly, I have some people I can think of right now that we can have as a future guest that we can really dig deep into um, plant medicine kind of conversations. Yes. Um, and they'll be able to, you know, provide like a distinction of this versus that. What I think, but I'll speak kind of from my experience. And my mm-hmm. experience is that, um, one, creating the distinction between like medicine and a drug. Yes. Right. And the distinction is because um, you can use medicine as a drug, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but and that basically that's sort of it, it is really just an intention i think the difference is often intention um i mean we can think of things like aspirin right is what, what's the purpose of aspirin well i mean makes pain go away so i'd say that that is medicine even though yes it is also a drug um when i think about something like so like let's go through them right um let's start with weed mm-hmm I, weed was something that I've went through a couple evolutions on. Um, one, when I first sort of got going with it, I was very young. And I think if you're very young, if you're under 20 and you, you're, you know, you're enjoying weed, chances are you're enjoying it. You're enjoying it to either try to cope with some shit, to numb some shit or to enhance some experience, right? Mm-hmm. Most people's like first experience with weed was like fucking laughing and having an amazing time with friends, right? So yes. to me, that was sort of the start of it. It was really like, like I was like, I was able to like make a whole lot of friends. It was like a social thing. I can't say that it was peer pressure. I definitely made a conscious decision for it and mm-hmm. really like didn't jump into it at first sight. Like I said, no a bunch before I said yes. Um, but I still started really, really young and I, you know, enjoyed it a lot. At some point in my life, it became very much like a way to deal with stress. And I think that that is where it kind of stays for if you're, if you smoke as an adult, like oftentimes that's the reason. Yes. Um, One of the things that I observed, and it's a very kind of like, um, it's very strange for me to see, right? Because I grew up with weed, but, um, I was smoking with someone um, somewhat recently and I watched her bless the weed before we started smoking. Like, like, you know, um, I mean, literally that's, that's, that was, that was what it was, right. Create an intention Mm -hmm. to it, make something that feels so common. So like, like familiar, I guess. And then like, Oh no, you actually haven't, this thing can actually be like medicine for internal work, mm-hmm. right? It could be something that you can use and set an intention and then learn something from it and kind of go from there. Like, yeah. That's, that's wild. So, and is this real was sort of the, my initial instinct, but yeah, please. Yeah. So uh, just keep those thoughts in mind just so I can jump in real quick because so yesterday, um, so like I love edibles. Well, I love them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't do them often, but whenever I go to a state that sells edibles, I always make sure to like stock up on a new supply. Um, And so 
yesterday I took like a 50 uh, milligram uh, edible and I had a great time. And the thing I always think about is like, why do people either smoke weed or do edibles? Like when I do it, it's just something to do. It kind of not calms me down because I don't stress too much, Mm -hmm. but it just, it allows me to improve my, my experience. Um, So like if I'm eating something or if I'm enjoying music, it's just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, it's and the, so the festival drug for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For me, it's just like, it's a festival drug drug. Like it just improves my quality, uh, my quality, my experience, my quality of experience when I'm alone. Like, I don't really like doing it with other people. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And that's, and that, yeah. So it's very interesting the way you talked about it, where you're like, Hey, when you're younger, you take it, you're like laughing. That's mm-hmm. usually everyone's first experience. Mm-hmm. now that i'm older what i find is that i prefer to take it alone and just be by myself yeah um i'm not using it as a way to like explore anything like trying to figure anything out i'm just right. enjoying the experience and so m- the thing that i've been thinking about is like all right when people take these either drugs or um medicine mm-hmm. um what are what are their intentions what are they trying to get out of it um and yeah. can you create a different intention like could someone use uh, weed as a way to m- similar like psychedelic effects like do they yes. use it that way yes to yes. try to correct and that, something and that's something that i didn't realize was even possible but it yes is, right yes, that, yes with that being said though in terms of potency weed is very light mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so i think because it's so light it's something that can I mean, yeah, there's, you can smoke more, you can smoke less, but even, you know, like it won't be something on it, something that on its own will take you to good or bad places. It is, yes. it is an amplifier, but it's mm-hmm. not going to, it won't take you as far as mushrooms, for example. Yes. But take mushrooms, right? Mushrooms, like again is it a medicine or is it a drug and you know i've met lots of people who take mushrooms and my original introduction was back in grade school but like um i didn't i didn't stick with it but folks that like continue with it like it it can be a festival drug as well Mm -hmm. right like mushroom is just like hey let's just you know do these together go lay on a you know drop a picnic blanket, look at the leaves, look at the, look at the, you know, clouds go by, like, look how beautiful things are. Um, I think that that is amazing. And at the same time, like I had, I can't say that mushrooms have helped me as much as some other things, mm-hmm. but like I have gotten insights I had. And I think the, that intention that, beginning like before you even consume it being like why am i doing this what do i want to get out of this experience um that changes everything yes if you if you don't do that you're just opening the door and being like "Mm, getting on a roller coaster let's see what happens (laughs) um but yeah for me um you know, ayahuasca was very helpful, um, but I don't think I did a great job integrating. Okay. Meaning, like, after it passed, I felt like the effects were, not the effects, but the insights were kind of, they, they, they over time, they faded. 
unfortunately okay. they didn't quite stick around and the my original intent my original hope for ayahuasca was to become spiritual and it uh, it does not happen overnight and i'm kind of maturing with that a little bit but like it is not it's not e- if you if you weren't raised in a religious household that kind of thing or like you don't have that baseline which i do not um it it, it takes a lot of actual effort to build up that intuition and yeah like to to feel things um and now would it be would it be proper to say so let's say you're using these again whatever term you like you you would prefer to use uh drugs or medicine as a way for and then i'm using will be rough but let's say you're using these drugs or medicines as a form of enlightenment do you think you have to go deeper to get the true like mm-hmm. concrete yeah. things that stay so like let's say weed is level one and then it's like well what's level two what's going to get me over that hump what's going to pass me get me past that level cap um because like you tried ayahuasca but mm-hmm. they didn't feel like it was permanent so now you're trying something else is that the next level or is it just like finding one that works for you I have no interest in taking anything continuously okay. or on a need base, right? So the thing that's been most effective for me, the thing that really, I feel like, really, truly moved the needle considerably has, mm-hmm. been, has been ketamine. Okay. Medically, like, you know, administered ketamine. Um, that is not something that um, my last my last ketamine session was... I've not had one this year. So it's, it's something that I feel that. Okay. So there's a person, I don't remember his name, but there's one guy that's sort of known as being just going all in on psychedelics, like taking Mm -hmm. everything under the sun um, for, for like 40 years. And at the end of it, his the conclusion that he kind of arrived to is like you know spirituality is just about meditating mm-hmm. and like you know like meditating and trying building up that like relationship with god like that he's like after all of that that's that's honestly it's that simple right here's the caveat though i am i've become i've been aware of my wounds for a long time of a narrative i have in my head Right. I've gotten better at managing that narrative. I've gotten better at coping with situations. I've gotten better at I've I don't it's been a long time since I've spiraled. Like a really long time, you know, where like I let a thought control my day. It hasn't hasn't happened. Knock on fucking wood, you know? So that's that's progress. But that wound still exists. And I need to heal it. I, I cannot be happy. I cannot be happy as long as I'm controlled by this mindset. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm seeking is a complete destruction of that mindset and a renewal. And it's, you know, it's not going into it blind. And yes. not knowing why you're doing it or being like, let me search for some hidden demons that may or may not exist. I am very aware of my shortcoming, you know, and 
you know, like we started off with like rejection. Like, I don't think I did anything wrong. I still think I'm an amazing partner and all of that, you know, but could I be better? Yeah. Like, and I think for me to, to, to reach that next level, um, is to, is to really let go of my abandonment wound, which is, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's what I struggled with, you know? Um, so if I can let go of that, then I can truly be free. Now, so let's say you're going into one of these sessions and so far what we have talked about is you need to go into there with a certain mindset if you really want to produce any significant changes. Is this mindset, is it the idea of like, hey, I need to cut this thing out? I need to accept this thing or I need to like mend over it? Like, what do you think is the like best tool to use? I don't know. These situ- yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think it would probably depend on the person mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, like there are people who are quote unquote self-proclaimed. I feel like they're self-proclaimed shamans, you know, okay. um, or like people who are just seen a lot of other people go through stuff and have a good heart. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's sort of like, you know, I think like for example, ayahuasca experience. I went in there with one intention. It changed through the experience. Okay. You know, like I went in there with the intention of trying to become more spiritual, but really what I got out of it was more self-love for my body and Mm -hmm. uh, a deeper understanding of my relationship with my mom. Like I didn't expect that. But I think, even if the, even if the, even if what you learn, and this is, I think, where it's, it's unpredictable. It is unpredictable what the outcome will be. Even if you have, like, an intention of X does not mean that, like, you could, you do not have control. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, if you don't have an intention at all, then, and this is where we, we're, this is where we're entering, like, spiritual territory, right? Um this is, it becomes like if 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 I was more spiritual, what I would tell you would be that you need to ask the universe of something, and if you don't ask the universe of something, it will not provide an answer for you, right? Mm-hmm. Or like or or guide you. Um, I'm just I'm a little bit uncomfortable with making that kind of statement. Yeah. So I so I took so we'll go on to the next level so we so i took shrooms with you um and so that that was the only experience i had with like quote unquote something higher level and so the experience i'm going to be drawing from um comes from like my friends and their reaction when they took shrooms Mm -hmm. um and so my one friend had like a really bad trip um and it like just spoiled it for him. He was like, uh, Hey, I'll never do it again because like, it kind of felt like I lost control. Like something took over and it was just like driving me to like my most insecure things, the things I hate about myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that's the fear with taking these type of psychedelic drugs. It's like, well, what if it, what if I have a bad trip? What if it forces me to confront like 
maybe the things I've been hiding about myself. Like maybe it just really sets me off in the wrong direction. Um, Well, so about that, right? Let's let's just pause there. Like sets you off in the wrong direction. Um, It's all a matter of outlook and perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go through life and not, not face your insecurities and not overcome your insecurities? Some people will argue there's no such thing as a bad trip. Mm-hmm. right like you'll be shown things you might not like it but it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad for you right mm-hmm. um now yes there are like you know there's a reason why folks get filtered for if you have like psychosis and things like that right yes. or you you, you know you you, you it, in short if you have a weak mind it, it is probably not a good idea. Um, and control, right? If you try to fight and resist something that is happening to you in, in that moment, it will not be a quote-unquote good experience, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you're, you're resisting whatever is sort of coming and learning. And, and that can create, I mean, that's, yeah. And that's, it's not uncommon, right? And I think with the more powerful medicines, with the ones that will truly take your mind, yes. right? um, you need to let go. You'll come back from it, but mm-hmm. you, you need to let go. Because that is, that's the, that's the only way. And, and for, like, you know, um, when we talk to Dre, Dre to me feels fearless, Right. And I think that that is a topic I'd like to touch on with mm-hmm. them. Right. Just the subject of fear. Um, I went, uh, I went to his uh, class that he teaches on Tuesdays to um, try to learn how to do a backflip. And I could do the motion, like the setup motion. But when it came to actually doing the backflip, it was really scary. Like I just couldn't, like I had a couple attempts. Um, but even after one or two attempts where I sort of did the, you know, went backwards and whatnot, and it was fine. I didn't get hurt or anything like that. Like, the fear is like, oh, it was fighting me, right? So if mm-hmm. you need to succeed in a backflip, I need to overcome that fear. When I think about my future with this journey, um, assuming I'm going to pursue it, and I think I will, um, with, with Iboga, like, I, it's scary. It's scary. I'm opening, I'm going through a portal that I may not come back from. Um, but when I think about, well, what's the alternative? I mean, the alternative is to take the slow road, right? Mm -hmm. Um, or to remain where I am. And I don't like either of those options. So, Yes. And so I like the term you used. So when explaining um, how, hey, when you were learning a backflip, like you got the basics down. You said I had all the motions. I felt like I could do it. But when it was time to perform, the fear stopped me. And there's this uh, always relating things back to fitness. But um, there's this um, this phenomenon or, yeah, I guess we can call it a phenomenon, a phenomenon in the body where you may go to stretch a muscle. Like let's say you're trying to stretch out your hamstrings and Mm -hmm. you just feel intense sensation. Like it won't release. 
you may think like, hey, maybe that muscle is like really short or maybe I'm not flexible. And you'll find out that the reason you can't reach your toes may just because you're your brain. Your brain is sending a signal saying, hey, I really yeah. don't like when this bad boy is stretched. Stay nice and tight. And it's the, it's your brain's like fear over the unknown. It has never been in that position before. So it's, it's stopping mm-hmm. you. And so the question is, or the thought that came to my mind is like, when we run into these things that are stopping us from reaching our goal, is it just our fear or is it actually like a concrete barrier in the way? Um, how much does your mind play when it comes to like trying to get and obtain what you want? I still want to get a tattoo at some point. And okay. um, I have not settled on what the, the tattoos are going to look like or if I get them at all. But one is pretty solid in my head. And that is like fear is a liar. Mm-hmm. I think that like, you know, we're animals and we're evolutionarily wired to kind of like our brains are designed to protect ourselves. Right. Um, as you and I know, the environment we evolved into like, and the environment we live in now are very different. Right. So the things that give us stress are not always um, valid. Like if we take the, the stretching example, right. Like why would there be a fear? of like hurting myself well because if you hurt yourself you might die right like, mm-hmm. you may injure yourself then you can't feed yourself next week and then you die right that's not the case it's not the case you can get hurt you can move along your body will heal you know well you know um you know most of the time but but but, but that's what those signals are going to keep telling us and i think that the thing that's like what makes us uh, a truly higher evolved conscious animal is our ability to go beyond. Yes. To go beyond those conditioned habitual. Yes. Things, right. You can those teach base a dog. instincts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can teach a dog to be afraid of something and that dog will stay in line. Mm-hmm. Right. You can do the same thing to a person, but the person that goes and challenges themselves and continues to expand on their quote-unquote self-limiting beliefs that's the person that grows yes so let me get these thoughts out real quick so one just on fear um there is uh, i wish i could remember everything in detail but there's this um this uh quote or this phrase that's said in a movie i think the movie is like uh, it has idris alba in it he's like some gunslinger it's like a dark tower type thing oh dark tower Yes, he's fighting Matthew McConaughey, but every time he's about to shoot or he's like, like afraid, he says this phrase where it's like fear is the eater of men, something like that. Mm -hmm. He says that and he's like not afraid anymore. He can complete whatever task he has in front of him. Um, And so that's the interesting thing about humans is like when we do have these fears um, that are ingrained, sometimes we can overcome them with simple tricks. Like maybe you learned the breathing technique um, or maybe yeah. you believe in something so hard that once you pray or something, you're like, all right, I can do this now. Yeah. Um, and that's the interesting thing about drugs or medicine. Do you believe that they pitch you in a state where you can create these tips and tricks a little bit easier? Interesting. That's interesting. Uh, um, I, okay. So I want to define what fear is. I think fear is a very real thing. I don't think like 
there are metaphorical definitions for fear, right? And like, but I think fear is very real. I think fear is our nervous system. Mm -hmm. It is, it is the physiological response that our nervous system is going through. That is fear, right? Um, Which is why chemicals that affect our nervous system will remove fear or could induce fear, right? Um, I, so, okay. So going into fear, you can use things like breath work to get yourself steady for an event, right? To basically calm, calm your nervous system down. You effectively will remove the fear. Maybe there'll still be the, you can still kind of psych yourself up and you can, you know, break that and you can pass through fear just like i don't care that my body's shaking i'm still gonna will myself to take the step forward Mm -hmm. and jump off the plane but um i don't think i don't think that the psychedelic experiences remove fear okay i i think they actually do the opposite sometimes and what i mean by that is this I think the reason that set and setting are so important is that you do not want to enter these experiences already in fear because what they will do is they will amplify that Mm -hmm. and say, Oh, this is what you're thinking. Okay. Well, let's just make this ridiculous and see if you can go through it. But if you can actually stare down that fear with the, with that, with the, you know what I mean? Then, You'll see, you can actually take a quote-unquote bad trip and suddenly it becomes really good. You're like, what the fuck? And I've had that. I've had an experience that uh, I was at, like, my first big solo, you know, journey uh, with mushrooms that started off and, like, I was fucking really sad for the first, like, 45 minutes or so, you know? And eventually, I was like, this is stupid. Like, I think those were the thoughts that kind of, went through my head right it was like this feeling is stupid and it just disappeared it was gone i had a great rest of the night um yeah i mean i think what you're ultimately trying to do is remove associations yes yeah you're trying to weaken that like uh neural pathway that has created habits in your head and those habits you know, when we think of habits, we think like brushing your teeth or whatever, but those habits are like, a habit could be like thinking pessimistically about life. That's a habit. So when we, so a little bit, a few moments ago, I talked about what tools would be the best to use when like, okay, let's say you have, you're trying to overcome some situation. Um, You go on one of these trips, you take something and are you going into it trying to cut something out, like remove it, remodel it, or just like um, change your interpretation of it? I think rewriting something is the best because you still want that. You kind of still want the reaction. So the thing I'm building off is like, be, like growing up, I grew up in bad neighborhoods. My schools weren't in nice areas. And so one of the things I had to deal with was like, Sometimes walking home when it's nice outside or in the summer, you're going to get beat up by random kids that you don't know. Um, And so with that experience, 
even to this day, whenever I'm going anywhere and I'm by myself and I see like a group being rowdy, like my heart starts to pound a little bit quicker. Like I I get more, I get more alert. And I'm all, even to this day, as an adult, I'm always thinking to myself, like, this is so stupid. Like, why do I still have this physical reaction, even though nothing has happened to me in years? Mm -hmm. But I start, I started to like change the way I think about it. It's like, hey, it's just my body getting ready for anything. Like, I'm more alert now. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the situation a little bit more clearer. So if anything happens, I'll be ready to react. And so that's why I think rewriting is a route towards fixing some of these situations because you still want your body's reaction because your body's like hey i'm not i don't sure i'm not sure what's happening i'm not uh perceiving it as positive or negative but you need to be ready for whatever you need to be in a heightened sense so well let's kind of touch on that for a second here right like in in that situation that you're walking down you see a group and you see a group of people they're doing their own thing right there's no there haven't there hasn't been any signal that they're interested in you mm-hmm. right you're just in the same vicinity um your nervous so interruption i think is the first sort of step like being aware that you are actively nervous versus just being nervous and then tensing up through the whole thing like holding your breath Mm-hmm. I think I think that is a, a first step, which is like you're aware that this is happening to you, even if it, even though it's still happening to you, you're aware that it's happening to you. Um, the second part, though, is that you you know I think you're trying to put it into like a very positive light. You're like, well, it's good that I'm alert, maybe, and you know, there's a lot of um there's a lot of like I'll guess I'll you know um there's a lot of physical things that can manifest inside of you mm-hmm. due to unnecessary stress um like for me for example I'll use myself I had somebody else in mind but I don't want to I don't want to mention them um for me I had heartburn I developed really bad heartburn Okay. From, 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 from a stressor that was not, that didn't have to be a stressor, if that makes sense, right? Like, like I was not under risk, but that tension that we create and we hold on to it, the longer we hold on to it, um, the more damage it does. I, you want to go through life being as relaxed as possible. Um, and it will not, it will not damage your awareness of the situation. In fact, fact, I will argue that it will enhance it. If you are calm, you are, you are more likely to receive um, a signal that you don't expect. If that makes sense. Like if you are more, you're more, if the calmer you are, the more aware you are, the more, wider broader your vision is mm-hmm. the more stressed you are say you're fighting someone the more narrow your focus is right if you're re- if your adrenaline is fully up and you're and you're you know fighting someone in one-on-one the chances of you seeing someone from your side are almost zero 
right? But if you mm-hmm. are calm and relaxed, you get that sort of like kung fu, like ah, I can just parry anything that comes my way. So, but you can untrain yourself. Like you can, over time, every single time that you become aware of being stressed and you're like, oh yeah, this is nothing. Like over time, you're overriding. You're getting rid of that yes. habit. But that's the normal, no drugs involved path. Mm-hmm towards that it's not easy but it's yes yes yeah yeah do you agree with that by the way or do you think that like you know i'm not trying to like preach or anything like that it's just like my my perspective i sometimes like phrase it in a way that it's you know well it was interesting because what i tried to what i tried to take out from your perspective so at the end of it you said if you are we're touching on like your focus. So if you are fighting something, you're only focusing on that. You can't. Okay. Okay. Let me paraphrase it. But if you're fighting something, you're only focused on that. It limits your react, the reactions you're able to give out. So the way I took that is like, well, if you are going into a situation and you're already pissed off, Mm -hmm. everything, no matter the answer will piss you off because you can only receive that type of feedback because you're going into it with a certain mindset. But when you're a little bit more open, you can see the good, the bad. You can see the neutral. You, you get a more neutral response, a more uh, broader view. And so I tried to take that. And does it have any carryover to the world? Like if you are f- super focused on the world being shit and it's horrible for you, do you miss out on the opportunities that are being presented that may be good 100%. because 100%. of that mindset? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. In my opinion, in my very strong opinion, 100%. Like, if if I wasn't open to love, mm-hmm. there's no chance love would find me. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Which is rough because, you know, like, what's hard about that is, uh, and this is like, you know, from the book I recently finished, The Untethered Soul. And this is where, like, spirituality has been really helpful for me because it's helped me, like, see things in new perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like, take everything, like, literally, but I take from it and I'm, and I, I, I'm learning how to feel things. And um, moving through life with an open heart is one is the thing that that book preaches okay. very much so, right? And how do you have an open heart? The answer is to never close it. By always staying open and never closing, you would, it seems silly, I get, or it seems kind of like obvious, but the more you think about it, the more it really, really makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, If when I have a bad experience, which inevitably we all have bad experiences like rejection, I have a choice. I can get angry and close up, which I did, you know, but I try to break that habit by even through the pain, even when things are really fucking bad by staying open, right. And not letting things affect you. You are inviting love and positivity. Mm, So 
this is interesting because I feel like it goes, it reconnects into like how we started the podcast. So basically, if my if the gears are turning correctly, mm-hmm. if you have an open heart to the world, you can receive all of the reactions. But my question is, what causes you to have a closed heart? It's like bad experiences, correct? But how do yeah. you... How'd you get those? How, not how did you get those, but once you have them, is there a way to remove them? Or Yeah. And, yeah. and then what's the process for that? So like, Did, yes, if uh-huh. we believe that having an open heart is the key to like really maximizing living your life to the fullest potential, but do you have to be lucky? And hopefully the world never does anything to oh, no. close no, no, you no, no, off. No, no. Yeah. no Brandon, it's, it's what you told me last week, right? Mm-hmm. It is, I'm like, how do I, you know, how do I get fit? And you're like, well, let me just be clear. Like, it took you a long time to get unfit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's a habit. Mm. It's, it's a muscle. It is like anything else. Every single time that you intercept, interrupt, and you know what I mean, do better. You become more resilient. You mm-hmm. and through, and, and this is this is my more masculine approach to it versus just saying just surrender to it, like. I, my heart gets stronger, <laughs> okay, right? And I stay open. And that is what I'm really, you know, trying very much to do. Um, so when things are painful, you don't, you know, you don't go and say, oh, the world is shit. Mm-hmm. Because once you believe that, it's, it's not, where, where, where do you go from there? Like, I, you know, like, that's it. That's, that's where your journey kind of stops. Yes. Um, or at least, you know, like it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to live in that world. Um, so you, yeah, you just, you, you, you take that fucking pain of life opportunity and say that, ah, yeah, no, thank you. I'm going to choose to feel differently. Mm-hmm. The way I feel is really under my control. And that, that, that is not something that like, everyone agrees with but i think the in my humble opinion the reason that they may not agree with it is because they just haven't had the experience where they really saw how much control they do have over their own yes okay yes and okay yeah 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 yeah. i like that i like that i like that because you don't know how powerful you actually are you don't know your own strengths yeah like i can make myself not feel sad Mm-hmm. like I have that power it wasn't easy in the beginning but every repetition every repetition heals me and this is why I think like this type of journey at least the journey that I'm on is a better journey than that of numbing be it mm-hmm. through substances be it through distractions of mm. video games or movies or whatever and be it through, you know, antidepressants or some other quote unquote, I wouldn't say medicine, but drug. Mm, okay. 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 I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, I'm trying to convert what I'm learning <laughs> to my own kind of thing that resonates more with me and mm-hmm. frankly, it resonates more in a more kind of masculine way because Uh, surrendering just makes me angry. (laughs) 
I did not. I re, like I had um, uh, one guy who you know looks uh, honestly. He's far. He's way further along than I am as far as like peace and calm and like he's uh, he's a coach and he teaches people how to you know what I mean how to be better. Um, and he sent me this sort of like blog poem, right? And it was about the hero's journey. Essentially, okay. right? And it's like, you know, you're like the CEO or whatever else, and you're like striving, you're achieving, and then like ultimately you have this heartbreak and whatever, and then you come back to the village, like every hero's journey, right? And you come back to the hero you come back to the village having gained some wisdom, right? I fucking hated that story. I that does not resonate with me. It sounds nice, right? But I do not want to come back to the village having learned failure. Like, I know that there's, you know, success and failure is not a real thing. I know, right? But if I believe that I'm capable of something, I re- if I walk away from that, it's going to be my choice. It's going to be my choice solely. It is not going to be a choice that is made for me by the universe. So as long as I believe that, then I'm good. But I don't like the idea of surrendering to the universe and being like, you know, um, hey, this is just not the path. This is just not the path for you. You know, you're not good enough, or it's not your destiny. That really upsets me. That's the sort of control that I feel like is inherently masculine. Does that make uh, sense? Yes, that makes sense. So the gears are turning. And the question I have now is if we're okay, let's say let's just put some broad things out there. All right. Being successful at life. To be successful at life. And then the question is quote unquote like what does that mean to you? Um do you feel like there is one way to get there like do you have to be uh more on the masculine side like not submitting like getting like the thing i think of is like the american dream like if you want it you got to go out and get it it's, it won't just come to you and so do you feel like either the time periods will determine how you'll be successful successful like let's say it's it's back in the pioneer days. And if you're more masculine, you're probably the one to succeed because, hey, you went out there, you started it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so like right now you're saying, I feel like I need to be more masculine to achieve what I want. Do you think you're in a wrong time period for that? Do you think that matters or there are just multiple routes and it's just about finding the I one think, that works for you? I think it's personal. And I think a lot of us like to prescribe something that really fits for for everyone or for place or Mm -hmm. or time period Mm -hmm. i think i think success is defined by you being free Mm -hmm. and and by in by being free knowing you know free to live your purpose that that is what and if you can live your purpose be free to live your purpose then and you do so, right? Or you pursue it, then you're successful. You have a successful life. 
for some of us, um, purpose is to find, like, I'm an achiever. I like that about me. Um, I like having goals. For somebody else, their purpose is not goal-oriented. And that's great. You know, maybe their purpose, like, here's, here's a question, right? Like, we talk about, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Different mm-hmm. time period. Like, sometimes you got to be practical. Okay? All right. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's say you are born, right? And you choose to die, right? Is death bad? Is dying a bad thing? Is dying being a failure? Are you a failure because you died? I, in my a controversial opinion, probably, I think the answer is no. Dying does not make you a failure. An extreme example of that would be someone who is a martyr, right? The proverbial Jesus or, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone who's willing to say, I'm not going to eat for this cause, right? If, like... Th- if that is your purpose, if you are free to choose that, then those other things are not that important, right? You could, you can find purpose in anything and whatever that thing is that calls you, who knows, man, like it is some combination, like we can, again, this is where we're going to thread the line here of maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's this universe faith thing. Maybe, maybe it's something that inspired you as a kid, right? You read some comic books and you're like, I'm a Batman. Cool. Live that purpose. Be Batman. So, um, yes. The, the thing, I feel like when it comes to like achieving in life or being successful, a lot of times people look for like, oh, what are the, the common denominators? Like, oh, the successful people have these 10 things in common. They all do this. Uh, yeah. And everyone compares themselves to that they say oh well i'm not doing this i'm not following this route so i won't be successful or i didn't do it in this time or like i'm this age and this person started here and that's how they got there and so it like i fall into this trap too where i think like hey am i not successful in my life will i ever be because like, I'm not doing, I'm not, like, following the norm. Like, what's the norm right now? Should I be following that? Would I be happier if I did that? Or do I have to branch out on my own um, to figure out, like, I, the perfect route for me? Yeah, I think when we, when we try to define success for, like, for a society or for even for your own kids. Mm-hmm. You're, that's a dangerous, like, you don't know. Like, I can't tell you what success means for you, Brandon. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, right? Um, But here's what I think success is not, right? I think success is not waking up every day and being unhappy. Mm -hmm. Okay? Like, and so... It's hard. It's honestly pretty difficult to just like look at someone and be like, oh, this person's successful. You can look at a family and be like, oh, they're smiling. Everything looks great. And behind closed doors are fucking miserable. 
You know what I mean? Like, I know that if you only know me through my, like, Instagram stories and shit or whatever, or, like, my, you know, previous relationship, like, you you think things are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you're like, oh, it ended? What happened? Oh, well, you know, things happen. Right? Yes. Like, um, like, you didn't see how, you know, my pain or whatever. Um, so I can't, it's hard to see somebody and be like, oh, this person's successful, but it is easy to see someone who's not, and they're usually not smiling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Cause like, you'll see some influencer online. They'll say, well, if you're not waking up at 4am every day, like <laughs> you won't be successful. And you're like, fuck, is yeah. that, is that the key? Should I start alarm to 4am? Um, I'm not doing it. That's why I'm not successful. And then you just get into this circle of like, man, I'm not doing what these people are doing that seem extreme. Like I eat one meal a day and that's why I look like this. It's like, damn, like this is, this is the path. Why am I not following this? Why is it so hard for me? Am I this, am I just that much of a failure? I think we got to separate success from money. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and, and money does make life so much fucking better. Are you like, like, Anybody that says otherwise is a, is a liar. Money makes life better. Right? It really does. And the thing that's the, the, where it's a little tricky is like the amount that you need mm-hmm. and what you're willing to compromise for, right? So waking up at four in the morning, dude, like could you be more productive if you had more discipline, which is really what 4 a.m. waking up is about? Yeah, probably higher chances. So that's probably where, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, let's look at people that are successful. What they really mean are rich. Mm. (laughs) And what do they have in common? Well, not all of them, but a lot of them seem to have this like morning routine pattern because they're like, ah, they're really busy and they got to like squeeze out the productivity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Could that discipline help you? Yes. If you want to make more money, but why do you want to make more money is the more important question. You know, like I know why I want to make more money. I have like big fucking dreams and shit. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I fucking love spending money too. Like I love traveling. Like I want to go to Antarctica. Dude, Antarctica starts at like 30K. (laughs) I mean, that is not like a... Oh, yeah, accessible for everybody kind of thing. So I'm like, oh, I need money for that. I have a way that I like to look, right? I want to stay looking young for as long as possible, right? I mean, even getting a personal trainer, like for fitness, right? That's a, that's a luxury, mm-hmm. right? I want to have enough money to spend on that, Right? Dude, I'm leading coaches and I'm like, oh, I wish I could afford that coach. I can't afford that coach. You know what I mean? Like money makes things easier as long as you have a good why. Um, but I think what a lot of people just don't. <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like, so you got to decide what's important for you. Yes. So we so. <laughs> let's say we're running a seminar and it's how to be happy 
And so we need to give out a basic tip to a person, a basic tip that they can take for themselves and reform into something that works for them. Because we believe that, hey, each yeah. person's path to happiness will be different than the other. Mm -hmm. um, and so pitting you on a spot, if you had to give someone some general tip or trick to be happy or, or to be <laughs> successful, would it be just to be happy in life? Uh, dude, that is such a hard question. I'd be like, <laughs> I, I, okay, so we're just, if, if our goal is to get 100% of those people to be happy, mm. uh, or, or maybe the only way that's possible is like one-on-one -on -one, and even then it's not going to work. <laughs> the, but if you're like, oh, well, let's try to get like more than 50%. It's just a cash grab. We're just making money real like, easy. Well, let's just get more than 50% to be happy. I'd be like, all right, all right, folks. I need you to fucking give up control. We're going to go do very hard substances. And then you're going to eat <laughs> I mean, like, it is the really cop-out answer. But it's like, it's just like, the. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like any of that, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, I just, I think that, like, the real answer is, you as an individual need to learn how to wake up and be awake through your life for as much of that as possible okay. and, and work on not being afraid because we're all afraid of some shit. And every time that we're afraid, we're not free. We're not free to make the choices that we want to make. Mm. So overcoming fear is the key to happiness. I guess that's, I, that's what I've just figured out. Mm-hmm. So if I had to give a tip, it would be, so this thing I've been thinking about recently, again, oh, I'm going to relate it back to fitness. You need to clear out your baggage first and that baggage could be anything. So a lot of times, so like I'll use my girlfriend as an example and um, talk about like her, what she's been going through, but um, she wants to lose weight. And so like we've been working out together. She works out on her own. Um, and she's like, all right, like, like it's kind of working, but it's not working. And she always asks me, what should I do next? And I'm like, uh, you want the real answer or like the fake answer? Mm -hmm. Um, the hard truth, like how much, um, tough love do you want? Because like the tough love answer would be, um, we eat out too much. We are not going to eat out for three months and we'll see where we go from there. And then yeah. she'll be like, okay, but what if I only eat out once a week? <laughs> um, how would that change? Yeah, and you're, you're, you're like rationalizing it. Yes. And the thing I always want to say to her is like, you have this goal of losing weight. And yes, you're working out. But a lot of times people think, oh, I'm working out. Why don't I see any results? And it's like, well, you got to clear away your baggage first. Like you have started this workout journey with already like in the negative. And mm -hmm. so when you do these things like, oh, eating out one time a week, you may think, well, it's it's reduced. It's better, right? but we yeah. still have so much negative baggage we have to get through. Yeah. And that's what I think about when like, you're trying to be happy, you're trying to change your mindset. It's like, all right, well, what baggage do you, are you bringing along on this journey? Yeah. And you need to deal with that first before you can even start working on these techniques that are supposed to make you happy because they won't work because we're so far in the red and we have to cut these losses first. Dude, so I think that, okay, the, the losing weight thing, man, I mean, that, that's such a, that's such a topic for me. That's such a topic. And I think the, the thing that I figured out the most around like that 
is that ultimately it's eating, right? It's not really like working out you should do for mm-hmm. a million and a hundred million reasons <laughs> you should work out. Um, and, you know, vary the intensity to obviously goals and stuff like that. But the losing weight part is related to eating, mm-hmm. right? Like it is related to eating more than anything else. And some lucky people out there, I'm calling them lucky, they'll disagree. But some people, when they are stressed out, they don't eat. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, that when we're stressed out, we eat. Yeah. I eat. I'm going to go on a limb here and say that your girlfriend probably eats out of stress. Yes. Yes, she and does. And the, to, 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 the key to that, what I've realized for myself is get better at dealing with the stress. <laughs> I was about to say, and what does she do all the time? Like, she stresses all the time. So and suddenly a... you're not actually hungry. Mm-hmm. It's realizing why you're eating. If you're eating out of hunger or eating because you feel uncomfortable emotionally in that moment, that, that is the interrupt. If that can that is the baggage she needs to that, clear. Yes. Yeah. If if you can if if that turns, the journey of quote unquote getting fit becomes much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that like the reason you get a lot of the yo-yoing is that some people have very impressive discipline, right? Um, they will go and like I mean I'll you know. I put myself in 30 day challenges, 60 day challenges of like strong regimen, right? And all I'm doing is I'm eating away at my willpower, right? Mm-hmm. Until I get to the point where I'm like, I'm like, fuck, the results are still not there. And, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have just doubled it and I would have gotten those results. Maybe I tripled it, would have gotten those results again. It's just like, it's just history, right? Um, but I get, I, I create more and 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 more stress on me that when I finally take a bite of that fucking pizza, mm-hmm. yeah, all my problems just went away. Not only do I not feel stressed anymore, like everything is so much better, right? Mm-hmm. So all I'm doing, but when I, if, if my only way towards fitness or like losing weight specifically is, um, only discipline then all i'm doing is creating more stress to the core problem which is stress yes I'm, I'm compounding it you're setting it up for failure um but sometimes people say things that they want as an outcome as you know probably very well <laughs> and their life is like it's they want the result but they don't want to do they don't actually yeah. want it that bad yes they yes they so they they aren't willing to sacrifice and that's one of the issues where it's like all right you want this but like how bad do you want this um are you willing to do whatever it takes or just like fudge it and hopefully you get there um yeah dude i'm sending you a selfie of my uh, progress by the way i forgot to do that. <laughs> I, i'm making progress but it's just like still not there <laughs> but i'm making progress yeah. Uh, yeah. So hope, let, I hope. Uh, I hope. I hope she uh, does. She listen to this pod. She. She. She has asked about it. I usually tell her like what we went over. Um, okay. Yeah. But she hasn't listened to it yet. She's but, better this episode. This yeah. Is a fun one. 
Well, we're, we're starting to get upset with you. <laughs> we're, we're really uh, increasing the production value of this bad boy. So, yes, it's <laughs> we're finally out of the, the rough stages. So, yeah, we'll have intros and like closeouts, outros. Yeah. 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 Guess just the way that we're doing this with like no editing whatsoever. When I when we get on the call together, I'm like, oh man, how are you doing? Like I forget that we're doing a pod for a second, and you're like, yes, let's let's do an introduction. So uh, I'll work on training myself out of that. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I, honestly, I kind of love the format that it is. It just mm-hmm. feels like it feels nice. Um, well, we chose a good name for it, so that's <laughs> what do you yeah. expect? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, man. Um. Let's uh, me close out. I got. Uh, did you see Oppenheimer? I did not. So you saw it. Good. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. recommend. I don't think the movie's for everybody, mm-hmm. but it is a very good movie. For me, it was a ten. Okay. Right, but you, if you're like, if you're looking for like a, a fun ride, this is not the movie for you. Okay. Um. This is a somewhat long movie with a lot of nuance and requires you to kind of maintain your attention and be engrossed in it. Um, and it is exceptionally well done from a filming perspective. Like, like really fucking well done. Like, like Nolan is on it. Just attention detail is immaculate, but Mm -hmm. it's not for everybody. Um, when you say it's not so like would you describe it as like just a really well done uh, it's documentary? Seri- it's a serious movie. Yeah. It's a okay. serious movie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So if you don't if you're not in the mood for a serious movie, like you are not gonna really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like Nolan fucks with sound a lot. It's his favorite thing. Um so you know, like this was uh criticized in I forget which movie it was, but like sometimes things are kind of quiet and it's by intention. Yes. And so you have those moments. Um, It's one of those movies that like, if you really like it, you could rewatch it and appreciate it even more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that. So for this is where I don't know if it's for better or for worse. I'm familiar with Oppenheimer. I'm familiar with the history of things. Um, before I saw the movie. And so as I watched the movie, like, like this was very early on, but like the Apple thing, like I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I I know about that. Um, I knew who Oppenheimer was, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for some people, for some people don't know, and I think that's probably why they chose to make this movie. Cause they're like, there was actually this really important person in history that, you probably didn't know about right mm-hmm. and um and so i think maybe that is why for me personally some parts of the movie like i do think it's a 10 but for me personally felt like a little bit of a drag but okay for somebody else they might be like oh that's interesting i didn't know that mm. so like a history lesson kind of yeah yes yeah Okay. Yeah, because like I would say the whole movie is basically a big history lesson. Everything in there is factual. So we like we went to go see the the Woman King, I think it was called. Oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah. 
so that one was kind of like educational, like a history lesson, but it also had fighting in it, like yeah. action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie has a lot less of that. A yes, lot. that's what. I, yeah, that's 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 the vibes I'm getting. It's like, yes, it's a history lesson, but like, how do you portray anything exciting when you're trying to tell a story that's not about fight, like fighting per se, hand to hand? Yeah, you need to be you need to be of a certain kind of maturity level where yes. you are interested in people, mm-hmm. and then you will maybe like this movie, right? So, if you like history, if, if the 1950s are whatever intriguing for you and um your goal is to try to understand what characters are thinking it's fascinating that is what makes this movie a 10 that's what this movie is so right now there's because what the characters say is not how they feel or what they mean like you Mm -hmm. you need to try to really put yourself into their shoes yeah, so right now, like, the media is doing this thing where it's, like, Barbie versus Oppenheimer. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, which one will do better, yada, yada. And the Barbie one is blowing it out the water. Oh, um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's no easy, doubt. It's easier. It's easier. Much yeah, easier. it's easier to sell. Like, I feel yeah. like some people may think, like, oh, it's a movie about bombs. Maybe there would be, a lot of, like, a lot of explosions. No, like, maybe that no. would be, like... They, like that would be the satisfying part, like see, seeing something like that. Yeah. And so unless you're, you might go there and, and just see a lot of character development and be like, where's the explosions at? It's not, it's, it's a masterpiece, but it is not for the general public. Like, yes. Like, like when I went to the movie theater, which was like opening night, dude, everybody was dressed in pink. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's so easy. And I'm still going to go see the movie because from what I hear, it is like a really well done movie because they had an amazing director and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is not just like a Barbie movie, which is yeah. kind of best, right? You you get people in for a superficial reason. You're like Spider-Man. And then you're like, oh, that shit made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you put it on another level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't have those, like, but there's no like, yeah. Um like I said, it's not for everybody. It really, really is not for everyone. But like, I hope that Oppenheimer makes money, does yes. well, and I'm grateful that people are willing to make movies like this. Because if all we fucking had were like Barbie movies and Marvel movies, which I think we should still continue to have, but if that's all we had, dude, like, <laughs> it gets boring. Yeah, like we're at a we're at a Hollywood masterpieces nowadays. Yeah, everything is just so like, all right, what's the new trend? Let's just copy that and get money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was very good. I also went and saw it in the 70 millimeter theater. Mm-hmm. So that's the way it's supposed to be like seen. Wow. Um, it's the four by three ratio versus the widescreen ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't get anything cut off. Like I just I went all out. I was like, <laughs> really appreciate this. Like, I knew it was going to be a masterpiece before I went in. So I guess there's, like, that also bias built in. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was good. It was really good. I haven't seen Barbie yet, so I don't know. But I'm sure it's also really good uh, for different reasons. And um, I saw a movie where I guess I was probably not the target audience, but I still love those movies. I, whatever. It was, it's on Netflix. I just actually watched it today. Um, they cloned Tyrone. Have you seen that? Have you seen the at least the preview trailer thing for it? 
I have not. Sounds interesting. Could you give more about yeah. the story? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, probably like, probably not intended for white people, but uh, <laughs> it, it is uh, it's uh, fucking hilarious. And uh, uh, I, it's in the title. All right, mm-hmm. they, like it's 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 it starts off in like a hood kind of whatever. Uh, Glenn, I don't know where Glenn is actually at. And uh, there's some fight governmental conspiracy cloning shit going on and it is <laughs> it's yeah it's fun it's a hey, fun I'll check it out it's yeah. a fun fun really fun movie. <laughs> uh yeah i'm trying to think that's sort of it and i've been you know i've been digging into like podcasts um like trying to get some first-hand accounts and like I, oh uh, yeah yeah it's mostly all like spiritual personal development shit it's like all i've been consuming mm-hmm so have you got anything that like really kind of no so i i've just been busy with work my girlfriend is also she 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 gets these like wild ideas in her mind where she just wants to do something so she does it uh Mm -hmm. so she wanted to get certified as a personal trainer um for no reason at all just because she thought it would be fun Mm -hmm. Um, right. yeah. yeah that's 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 what being free is <laughs> yes so she like paid a bunch of cash for like all of this stuff but basically her test is coming up so for the last month or so we've just been like cramming um oh. <laughs> information for like the test and everything and so yeah. um it's been fun because i get to talk about fitness and like you're like i love fitness let's, let's yeah, do more. <laughs> talk about fitness i get to also um get reintroduced to things so like it has given me ideas about my own training and like how i plan to implement new things for my clients yeah um so yeah mostly the last few weeks have been working thinking about uh fitness things and like what's my next evolution as a trainer because like each year each month every time i learn something new i'm like all right how can i implement this how can i get better results for my clients which should just make me a better trainer altogether that's cool, man. That's really cool. Well, yeah, and I can see how that keeps you busy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. I think I think this was a fun, like, impromptu pod. Uh, yeah, no, this was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, probably wrap it up here. Um, right. Would you like to close out? Uh, thank you for listening. Really appreciate you if you got this far. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, send us like a reach out somehow. If you, if you do listen to this, like, and you, you're like, oh, this is terrible. This is great. Like, honestly, any feedback could be really motivating. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, this is Michael. <laughs> yes, and this is Brandon. And I hope you enjoyed entropy. All right, take care. Take care.